her beauty business doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about mastering a few key strategies and systems to save you time. Welcome to Beauty Marketing Simplified, a podcast dedicated to helping you on your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, April Neese. I'm a permanent cosmetic artist that built my six-figure business while only working three days a week and raising twin toddlers. I'm here to tell you it is possible for you too. With a background in spa marketing, it's my mission to help women worldwide get more profits while pursuing their passion and purpose. Let's transform your beauty business for more income and less stress starting right now. Okay, guys, I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest today. Most of you already know and love her. It's Mary Richardson. I'm going to read her bio. So Mary Richardson has worked in the beauty industry for over 20 years, okay, and was introduced to permanent makeup by a highly respected plastic surgeon in Tampa, Florida. And this is where she fell in love with the industry. She completed her certification in permanent makeup in August of 2004. Hello. And date she has completed over 16,000 eyebrow procedures. And by the way, there's a little plus by that 16,000. Seriously. And now she is recognized for her nano lines technique and has gained worldwide recognition, allowing her to showcase her work. And she shares her techniques in her classes, um, both online and in-person classes and conferences and so forth. And she's also now working with her daughter, Morgan Myers. And it's so awesome, keeping it in the family. She's since then relocated to Colorado. And so she'll tell us about that journey but we just want to welcome Mary. Thank you for having me, April. I know oh we've been gosh. trying to connect for a little while here. So it's nice to finally connect with you. A lot's been going on. So yes, I know so much has been going on. And we've known each other for, oh my gosh, a more, good five years, maybe 10. I'm not even sure. Like it's been, a, it's well, been a long, first, long time. Yeah. My first speaking uh, engagement at, in Atlanta, I believe, was where I met you. Yeah. So for anybody that doesn't know, tell a little bit about your recent transitions. Most people that know you know you've had an extremely successful career in Tampa, Florida. And I mean, there might be other reasons, but basically for the love of your daughter and your granddaughter and her family, you moved, you took your family from Tampa and given up your everything that you knew to start again in Colorado. So tell us a little bit about that journey. So what kind of jumpstart, I mean, I knew I was going to move here eventually. Morgan moved out here going on eight years ago to go to nursing school. So we always came for the year and eventually the next what's it, five years, we would move here. Well, most of you all know my daughter got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So that was kind of like the leading factor of me getting ready to sell my business, started winding down with my clientele and put my house on the market, build a house in Colorado. So that was my number one reason why I wanted to move. Number two was she got married. So I gave her her dream wedding when, you know, as a mother of a single child, when they get diagnosed with a disease and my twin sister also has MS, it's devastating. So there was no amount of money. I could walk away from my business the day after when she, I got that phone call that it was definitively MS that, you know, honey, we're moving, we're moving to Colorado and everything's going for sale. The boat, the house, we're, we're out of here. And so that was pretty quick. That was probably I mean, a whirlwind. I probably... Came out here, we found land, we built, and then 
sold my house really fast in Florida. And then I sold my clientele in Florida to another technician. And it was just like, and I got out of my lease. My landlord was amazing. I was there eight and a half years and her daughter was going through some really bad stuff too. So she understood. And then she got pregnant after the wedding. So I had three reasons to get out here. So it was a blessing and a curse at the same time because I hated leaving my family and my friends, my sister, my mom's in Naples, Florida. My clients, I've had thousands of clients I'm going to miss. A lot of them still fly here to see me though. They still come to see me. I did turn over my file load, my caseload to November Posey. So she's holding down the fort for my clients there, that, which is really close to where I used to be. And so came here and I was going to open up a building. I was built, getting ready to build out huge six room facility. I even posted the, the shell of it. And then COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, it threw a wrench in so many things. I didn't want to sign a lease. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I didn't want to be committed to you know a five-figure monthly salary. I was just rent and lease. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to seize the moment. I've worked 16 years, 13-hour days. I'm going to take some time now for myself, my daughter, my family, my granddaughter, and my husband. And I'll never work full-time again, April. It opened my eyes. No amount of money is worth the time that I had with my family. And it was amazing. So now Morgan and I found this beautiful little studio in Fort Collins, Colorado, Old Town. That's where you want to be when you're in, in your Fort Collins. So I got super lucky. Like it fell into my lap. Like, like God was with me that day. And so now we have a beautiful little studio here. We have a five-year lease and we're looking for more spaces in the same building. We're in a beautiful 120-year-old building. It's a gorgeous building. And we have a beautiful like 800 square foot little room. It's got, you know, treatment center, an office, a kitchenette, a bathroom and everything. So it's super, super nice. And looking to expand here in this building, but I'm also going to open up a school in Wyoming. So yeah, so that's coming. Hopefully in the next six months, I'll have that up and going because Colorado is super strict. They are ridiculously strict with their rules, but I'm going to follow the rules. So we're just waiting, holding off on that. So me and Morgan are doing that. We're going to bring one other colleague that I know personally in on it with me to run the school. So yeah, that's it. Colorado has been a blessing. I love it here. I don't miss the heat. My sister flies out all the time. And I was just in Florida with Nasang doing a class with her. I go back in July. I'll I'll be going back probably three times a year. So yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Now guys, what I want you to hear from that is so many things. First of all, Mary has a plan. She's a planner. She makes a plan. And I know a lot of you are planners as well, but then she takes action on that plan, right? She doesn't sit around and think she is an action taker. She gets it done. She knows, okay, this is what I want to do. But the other thing that I want you to hear is that she has the ability and, and I'm sure it's from past experiences to be flexible and pivot. So, you know, because things don't always go as you want them to go, and they actually rarely do. (laughs) But, you know, she sees, okay, well, we're going along this track. And I know COVID made a lot of people pivot. But you see how she's also pivoting where she's like, all right, Colorado is strict. So now we're going to look at Wyoming. She's always thinking ahead, but she's not getting stuck in the, oh, now what? Or she's not letting overwhelm. And I'm sure she feels overwhelmed at times, like we all do. But you see how she's planning, she's taking action, and she's pivoting. Love, love, love. Yes. All right. So many things I want to like jump in there with. So you moved to Colorado and let's just back that up for a moment and talk about the process because I think I've also realized this from going from New York City to California and having a really successful business, it is so much harder to start again, right? So if you're starting a business, you know how it's going to grow to kind of like start from scratch again when you've already had success is a little bit more challenging because you kind of expect it to go faster than it does. 
Right. So any lessons that you've learned with that, like starting over any aha moments that you've had with that? Well, I'm kind of lucky to the fact where I'm kind of already known in Colorado even as well. So uh, having this many years of experience now, what I would suggest to the newbies and the millennials that are just getting started in this industry. Yeah. I mean, Florida, my phone rang a hundred times a day. Here it's not ringing maybe 20 times a day, but that's okay. I'm really, you know, you know me, I'm the queen of no, I'm very picky who I work on. So before I opened up the studio and, and then said, I'm going to start working in Colorado, I introduced myself to a lot of Colorado technicians. And I made friends with a lot, a lot more of my friends here. And I said, listen, if you don't do this technique, I don't do liner, I don't do lips, let's collaborate. Let me send those to you. If you do powder brows and you don't do hair stroke brows, send them to me. And my daughter only does, my daughter never learned hair stroke ever. So she only does, I know, and she only does ombre. So I don't consider my neighbors in this. I have a girl on the same floor as me that does permanent makeup and we're friends. So I don't look at it as competition. Was I nervous? No, because I planned for the move. I've been good financially as far as saving my money. COVID opened my eyes to a lot of things. The one thing I am good is making money and saving money. So I do a lot of Colorado girls have already reached out to me to do a conversion class and stuff. So I was scared a little bit because I was helping my daughter out. You know, the move cost me thousands of dollars to move a five bedroom home, two cars, animals and all that stuff. So financially it was a lot, but thank God over the years, I was good with my money and I saved everything I made. I saved half of what I made. So I was prepared for COVID shutdowns. I was prepared for the cost of the move, opening a facility. I keep enough money in the bank that if I have to close down my office for a year, I can afford to close my office for a year. And I always tell my students that to prep and prepare. So I was a little scared, but it was it was a kind of a welcome scare. You know, I'm not going to work full time ever again. So yes. yeah. it was um, eye opening for sure. Yeah, it sounds like you really grew from that, right? A new expression that I just heard is you grow through what you go through right? And it sounds like that definitely happened for you. And so, yeah. And so now you've had this switch and now I'm just going to go back and point out these things. And the thing is that she's collaborating and you are speaking my love language. (laughs) I love collaborating. I mean, that's how I grew my beauty business in New York city. I didn't have a huge, you know, social media following, but I had lots of partner spas, dermatologists, other things like that. I love collaborating with other people, even if we, there's, been other marketers that do the same thing. And we get together and say, you know, what you do is going to be different than what I do. So let's figure out a way that we can both rise together. So I love that collaboration. What kind of going back because you've had such a rich life and experiences and not all rosy. Tell me maybe of a time where you overcame something hard or you had a struggle and how you got through it. Okay. So I had an issue with a company, and I'm not going to say names or anything, that stole my photos, my skinny needling photos, not my permanent makeup photos, and were using them. We kind of gauged it back. They were using it for about four or five years. A colleague of mine brought it to my attention that someone was using my photos in their brochures and stuff. So I did a little research, and sure enough, they had all my photos. And Out of four of their photos, three of them were mine. They were my photos done by myself years before they were even a company. So they definitely skimmed them off of my website. They've been on my website since 2009. And so I unfortunately had to hire an attorney 
And because it wasn't like a slap on the hand, I've had my photos stolen many times over the years. And I would just reach out, hey, take my photo down. They're like, fine, I'm sorry, no problem. But this was a a larger scale. This was almost an upwards of 5,000 people using my photos. So my best friend worked for exclusive attorneys in Tampa, Florida, actually Hulk Hogan's attorneys. And they took me on contingency because they knew it was a win-win because I don't know if anybody knows, there's a lane, it's called Lanham Act that protects your photograph. So if you took a photograph of me right now, April, you own it, it's yours. So even if there's no watermark on it, you own it. So these people were blatantly taking my photos. They were giving them to people that bought their devices and promoting my work as their work. And it was completely false advertising. I was really upset. And it took a lot of hours. I, would, I was in mediation till 12, 1 o'clock at night on Dallas, LA mediations and stuff. So it was hard because it took an emotional toll on me. Yes. But it was kind of bittersweet. Yes, yeah. the timing sucked and everything. I did get compensated. I won the lawsuit. Most people know about the lawsuit because a lot of people, 4,000 people got cease and desist letters not to use those brochures anymore. So people have come up to me and said, that was you, Mary? That was you? Because it was, no, it was under my business name, Permanent Makeup by Mary. And that was like yeah. the only one, you know. So yeah, so it settled uh, out of court and they learned a hard, hard, hard financial lesson. And yeah, that was probably my biggest obstacle, but it really was, it was a, a lose and a win at the same time for me, if that makes sense. Yes, I totally get that. Did you have like, anytime we go through something like that, and especially even if it comes out in our favor, like you won, but it's so draining and it's emotional, like you said, a lose and a win. What were your takeaways from that? Like just protecting yourself or not giving up or what were your personal lessons? Well, it was such a large scale. Like, you know, there's people that use my photographs as, oh, this is what I'm learning. I don't look at it like that. I don't just kind of, you know, people go, oh, I use shades and strokes. It's a different thing. I felt like they were benefiting off my hard work that I went to school for, that I put a lot of money and effort into. And here they are just snatching them off my website, putting them in 48 PowerPoints. I was in Europe, Australia, Saudi Arabia, and America. I was on the doctor's TV show with my photographs. I was in my, my plastic surgeon's office, had their device, and my pictures were in it. So oh my gosh. it did affect my business because skinny link, I mean, I was kind of known for that back in the day. And I'm like, why is my skinny link kind of dropping off a little bit? Everybody was doing it. And most of them had this device and they had the brochures. Like my competition was right next door to me. Do you know what I mean? Wow. And it was my own work. That was my competition. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. It is crazy. And so then kind of going back maybe to your younger self, like when you were first starting, when you look back, what do you wish you would have known back then? Like, obviously it's all a learning path, but not related to what we just spoke about, but just in general, what do you wish you would have known starting out? Well, first I wish there was this many classes and uh, additional advanced trainings. There was nothing back in the day for me. Like there was nothing. Yeah. A lot of my stuff was just self-taught. I wish I learned how to say no sooner because I was doing things I knew I should not have been doing. And, you know, as an, a young artist, we get the taste of the money and then you're like, okay, well, I know I can do something, whether it's good or bad, you know, and I would tackle things I know I couldn't do. I didn't, ugh, I could kick myself. I never followed my gut. So I probably say, follow my gut no matter what. And don't do things I know I shouldn't be doing, which I don't anymore, obviously, but I learned the hard way. Those are the lessons that obviously, like, you know, like they say, we don't learn from our success. We learn from our quote failures. I don't call it really a failure, but just like the mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Mistakes and things like that. And you have had so much success. What would you attribute to your success? Honest to God, doing what I know I'm able of doing. So saying no to me 
has been my saving grace. Mm-hmm. I know that I make the right decisions. I know my limits. I know what I can tackle and I know what I can't do. And you know me, I tell my clients everything, hence all of my forms and my addendums and everything. I protect myself, but I also let the client know everything from what could happen, the possible risks up front. So I always say to my clients, I don't need your money. I want you to be happy. And if you can't listen to what I'm telling you as the professional, read my forms, then don't spend any money with me today. I'd rather you walk out, we part friends, than you knowing I shouldn't be doing something on you. And most of the time they really appreciate that. Yes. Yes. But they're disappointed, but they appreciate it. But also like you really created the nano lines. You think outside of the box, you do things in a unique way. Like you're definitely a go-getter. And I think that you know, attributes to your success, but also you have a unique way of doing it. And what makes you tick in that way? Like, are you intrigued? Are you always looking to, you know, find a new angle or what about you do you think propels you forward in that way? So, yeah, I think, you know, with the nano, with the people are like confused about nano lines, nano lines, I use a nano needle, hence the nano, the lines that I make lines. That's not a different, it's a hair stroke. It's a microblade stroke. It's a machine stroke. I, I mean, it's just my fancy name because that's what I use. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to trademark it. So people ask me, what's the difference between that and a machine? I go, it's the same thing, just a fancy name. If so, I can interrupt there, I actually yeah. would disagree with you a little bit because what it really is, is it's the unique way you do it. So it's not that it's a hair stroke that could be compared to anybody else's the way they do it with the same nano needle. It's the way you do it that they're really coming to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true to an extent. Yeah, definitely. But it, and bottom line is it's a hair stroke and I'm good at getting them in. And it, take, it took me a lot of years to finally figure out what makes it stick, my movement. I mean, it took me a lot of 12 years probably to figure out my finally getting it, finally the ha moment where, okay, it's in and it's done. So my trick is work really slow and methodical, pre-draw everything on and, oh, don't, don't overwork. Like most of my work, believe it or not, is one pass. The way I work is so slow and methodical and so clean and I draw everything that it's just effortless for me anymore. So the, the biggest trick is working slow. Remember, think about it. Microbladers swipe pretty quickly. So you're not getting a lot of saturation with pigment. When you work slow with a needle and you fill that cartridge up, you're able to implant almost all that color in the one stroke, hence less trauma. And it's all in there. So that's kind of my trick is I just work, I work super duper clean. I pre-draw everything and I work super slow and methodical. Now, have you always done that or did you learn that from like, okay, this didn't work and now I learned this is. Yeah. I just kept slowing myself down a little bit more. I'm like, okay, this one's better than this one. Okay. I'm going to go a little, I didn't know how slow was in that. I didn't want to go too, too slow. You know, I didn't right. have a big step. so I kind of was a little faster than I would, I would just gauge myself. Okay. Next Mary, do these two people this day and then compare when they come back. So I was doing my own little comparisons. Mm-hmm. So I found my speed, not too slow, not too fast. So it's kind of like right in the middle, but I'm still going pretty slow. So a lot of microbladers that are converting to machine realize they have to slow down a lot and it's hard for them to slow down because microbladers work fast. So that's the hardest thing that they find with it. So it just takes a lot of practice and mind control. And I I talk to myself and I'll go slow, go slow. Like I'm in my head talking to myself to this day. I do that. That's, that's my trick is I just, patience, slow. I don't overwork it. I get in and I get out. I love that you just said for anybody that missed it to this day, she still does that. So if you're beating yourself up thinking, you know, why can't I master this? Here you have a master that's saying, even to this day, she has to remind herself of the lessons that she's already used for 16,000 plus procedures, right? So that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. 
And you, do you have a favorite? I know now that we're talking about this, people always want to know what your favorite machine, needle, and pigment is, your go-tos. Okay. So everybody knew me about, gosh, 14 years. I was a Nouveau Contour girl. I was just yes. Nouveau Contour for a very long time. And it's a great machine. It's The needles are amazing. I still have it in my office. I still I probably still have 200 needles. And I, every now and then I'll go to it just because I want to get you know use it. And my students like it too sometimes. So right now I'm a Bellar girl. So I absolutely love the Bellar. The handpiece is similar size to the Nouveau handpiece. I don't like a big, thick, bulky handpiece personally. Yes. I have big hands, so I want a smaller pen-like tool. So my Bellar, I have six of them, if that says anything. Oh my um, goodness, I have one. Yeah, no, I, I want to have all, I want to have 10 of them. I want to have 10 for all of my students when I do my workshops. So mm-hmm. I want 10 in my office so they don't have to travel with machines and stuff. They can try it before they buy it if they like oh, it, you that. know? Yeah, I love so that. I, I don't distribute. I don't sell for them, but I do highly endorse them because their machine is just like, you know, I think the Nouveau is kind of like the Mercedes, but I mm. think the Bellar is like the Bentley. Like it's just, I can't explain it. It's just like butter. It's just like hums. It puts the color in the needles. The vertex needles are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Holds so much pigment. So I can dip twice and almost be done in one pass with just two dips. So my time has been cut back down immensely because of how much pigment I have to dip all the time, which is nice. Yes. Yeah. So those are my, those are my my go-tos. And and you said you um, like the Vertex Nano. Is there a certain one? Because they have different sizes. The diameters. There's. I like any of them. So we're working on my technique. You work off the taper anyways. So Mm. I like the 0.20, 0.25, 0.33 is fine. If those are out of stock, you get the one-liners. So Mm -hmm. I'm only working off the taper. Wow. So good. And so when you look at artists that are starting now, or even the ones that have been in business for a while, and maybe they're just, you know, still struggling. And this is not in any way of a blame, but just in a helpful way. What mistakes do you see a lot of artists making? Tackling corrections. They should be tackling, thinking Mm -hmm. that they can put a beautiful stroke over it. Going online and asking for advice while their client's laying on the bed, which is a big no-no. I'm not knowing proper color theory. I see a lot of it actually going on. And I've private messaged you. If you could like, take that down here, call this. Here's an online course. Go take a color theory. If you have to ask how to fix something, you shouldn't be doing it. So I see a lot of that going on. And, and just not, and not investing in proper education. You know, these two-day courses. And I think it's, it's come a long way. A lot of courses have come a long way. But, you know, even though people offer online courses, I think it's very important to know skin and touch the skin when you're learning to do, especially do hair strokes, because you can injure somebody with a very sharp little tiny needle. So I think that, you know, online courses are amazing and they're wonderful to take your skill to the next level. But if you're a beginner or a newbie in the industry, I don't think that should be your go-to fundamental for sure. I just think that you need to have some knowledge of skin, touch the skin, feel the skin. Your trainer needs to just, you know, watch you work. Yes, I totally agree with that. I think it's interesting in our industry and, you know, beauty industries that are similar to ours, maybe that's aesthetics or even lashes, that there is a huge idea of like how long it should take, right? And so people don't really have patience for the long game of not only getting their skills up to par, but building a business. Like these are two separate things that you know, take time and patience and, you know, and I think that for some reason they feel like it's just going to be up overnight, like two day class. Yeah. It took me 30 days to get through my permanent makeup training because I worked full time in the operating room. So it took me 30 days after that 30 days was done. They asked me to train for them. I mean, I think I tattooed everybody in the school during my training. And then 
I didn't take a paying client for four months after I got certified because I wanted to make sure that I worked on every texture. So I worked on pig skin. I worked on bananas, oranges. Like I did not, and I drew, like I must've had 50,000 drawings. I just drew because I knew I wanted to do hair strokes way back then. I didn't do powdered brows back then. That's all they taught you in school. I hated the way that Sharpie marker pencil looked because back nowadays you had nice soft ombre, but then it was literally Sharpie marker looks. And so- I didn't touch anybody, no paying clients for four months. And then I felt so good when I took my first paying client, I was ready mentally, physically, because I took the time to take everything that I learned and pick it apart. I may not have liked everything I was taught, but I learned from what I didn't like and I made it better. So I always say to my son, Rome wasn't built in a day. If you're not ready, don't do it. Because if you screw someone's face up before you even get started in the industry, it could really be the demise of your business. So I always say practice, 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 no matter what. And to this day, I still draw. I, I'm actually tweaking my patterns right now a little bit. So I'm always, in. I took a class with Leanne Law a year before last on ombre. And I said, and she, of course, you know, I'm a little intimidating. Oh, Mary's coming to my class. I'm like, just call me Mickey. I'm Mickey for this class. <laughs> yes. And, you know, just treat me like you would treat any other student. Do you know she gave me a redhead? Oh, Wow. She gave me a redhead. You know how I feel about my hair strokes on redhead, but ombre, I will do ombre now because of what she taught me. So I am the forever student. Yes. I think that's why we love you so much. I mean, there's so many reasons, but you know, we know that you are just going to give it to us straight. You definitely call it like you see it and it's very refreshing and we appreciate that. Yeah. And so then when you're looking forward, you have new school in Wyoming that's coming. You have, there's so many things to look forward to. What are you most excited about? Okay. So gosh, a couple things. My daughter's actually going to be building a home. So we're, I'm going to probably be moving a little bit. I, this is the house I built here. It's not my forever home. So one, oh, getting a second home, her mm-hmm. getting a home, me opening a school either here in Weld County or in Wyoming. The laws are changing here a little bit. So it'll be a bonus for me if they open up here. So opening up for sure opening up fundamental school, but strictly for eyebrows. I'm not doing lips and eyeliner train. I am bringing on a colleague with me. She's actually one of my private students who's just mad skills, great business ethics. I can't do it by myself. And my daughter has a baby. So I'm going to bring her on with me. We're supposed to go look at our properties. Um, we had a snow freeze here, like negative 19. We didn't want to drive in ice. So we ended up having to postpone it. A wonderful colleague here in Colorado is going to be joining me on that venture. Some other things coming up with Taryn and uh, you know, I love my Taryn yes. and stuff. So my goal is to plan for my now because, you know, I, I am a veteran. You and I both are veterans in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at my long term, my now my my retirement. So in 15, 20 years, I don't want to I'm not going to be working anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to work to live. I'm going to enjoy the fruits of my labor. I'm going to have a couple homes. I'm going to travel the world. And that's my goal. That's my long-term goal. I love that. And I also love that you said, first of all, in all the experience that you've had, right. And, you know, starting over in Colorado, you could have just said, yeah, I'm going to do this by myself. I got this. I know what I'm doing, but you said, look, I don't want to do it all myself. And again, you were like, how can I partner, right? How can we divide up the load? And because you are thinking of that long-term goal. And even though you've had so much success that you could do it by yourself, you're not too proud to say, look, what's going to be really the best long-term and the best long-term is to partner so that it isn't all on you. Right. And my daughter will be taking over the reins, you know? So if I open up a school, that's something I can give to her. 
that's yes. something that she can take over down the road. You know, she's going to be 27 years old this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, I started at 35. That just shows you she's got you know, 10 more years on me. So she's got a long road ahead of her. We've got her. We have. We could, we could do a whole other podcast on business. I'm so good with business, making money and saving money that my daughter is me by me doing this and helping her save her money and stuff from her procedures and stuff. She's already got like a nice little portfolio. And I hope to do like a business thing too, because I really feel like that's, we need to plan for our futures, no matter how young you are. I don't care yes. if you're 25. I just, I just trained a 20 year old in at NAS class. She's 20 years old. I go, do you realize where you could be in just 20 years when you're 40? You know what I mean? It's it's amazing how young she is. Now, and when you say business, are you talking about like financial investing in like stocks or what are you referring to there? Yeah. So investing in stocks, investing in Roth IRAs, investing in some little cryptocurrencies and stuff. But, um, you know, just open like this one little girl. I said, take a thousand, she's 20 years. I said, take, take, take a thousand dollars. Just buy five shares of Apple or whatever. Just buy whatever you can. Everybody thinks that, you know, think, okay, so for instance, I charge $650 for my eyebrows. For 10 years, April, I would take half of my money and put it into an account like I didn't have it. For 10 years, I was debt-free in eight years. So I gave myself a 10-year plan. I was debt-free in eight years. So that opened up me to save more money for my, my daughter who had a stock account. I paid my house off. I paid my car off. This house here cost me next to nothing when I moved out here. So I just really wish people would be better with their money. Who cares how many freaking Chanel bags you have or how many Hermes you have? I just feel like put your money, your home, your biggest asset is your home, your future. So yeah, instead of buying all these purses and bags and stuff, I'm buying a house. I'm buying another house. Yeah, That's how I look at it. Yeah. So you've been very disciplined. Yes. The Bentley drives just like the Volvo, the Rolex watch tells time just like the Michael Kors watch. So I just feel like I have a nice home. I have a nice car. I have a couple of nice bags and a couple of nice shoes. Yeah. It's been a journey, but now I'm at the point in my life, April, where I can breathe. I don't have to worry about my bills. My daughter's taken care of my, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just, I wake up excited to go to work again. It's, it's nice. It's, and I work three days a week. I, I'm doing a lot of private one-on-one trainings, which is like my passion is training. I love to train. So life has been good. I, like I said, I've had the sleepless nights. I've had the nausea from my clients. I've been there just like every client has been. And I don't care how good you are or how good you think you are. You can't make everybody happy. And I've lived the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hence the reason why I say no to so many people. Yes. Oh, right there. That right? was fire. If you, if anybody <laughs> needs to go back, rewind, hit a little and rewind that it was so good. So good. And so when you're looking back, I know there's probably so many things, but what would you say, what are you really most proud of in your career? I think, yeah. I think I'm most proud of one helping a ton, a lot of people, thousands of people helping people, but I think just maintaining my level of humility mm-hmm. has made me really proud just staying true to myself and those around me. I don't, like you said, I'm, I just say it the way I'm real. Nothing about me is phony. I just think I'm part of my, how I've handled myself during my career. Yes. I tried to help as many people as I can, you know, and the ones I can't help, I try to help them in other ways, you know, referring them and stuff. But yeah, I just think that, you know, just staying level-headed, staying smart with the career and, and you know, learning from my own mistakes, you know, yeah. I think that's what I'm most proud of and sticking with it. I wanted to throw the towel in a thousand times and just sticking with it and getting through it. Yes. So good. Yeah. Because it's really, especially for anybody that's just hearing this and just starting, 
the first few years are the grind, you know, and we've all heard about like the guy that was foot away from hitting gold and gave up. He was digging and digging and digging for a few years. And then somebody came in, he gave up and sold his tools. And then somebody came in and struck the gold, right? You know, within like a day or two, like we've all heard those stories and not to say that it's going to instantly happen, but just not giving up. And I know you see your legacy kind of continuing on through your daughter, Morgan, which has got to be amazing. And hopefully my granddaughter. Yes. And so is there anything else, like if you were like, this is what I want my legacy to be other than what you just said, because I think you kind of summed it up in that. But if there was anything else that you. No, I just think I just want to be known as the girl, the technician, the trainer. You know, I hope to be written in a book or two down the road that I was the trainer that shared everything, that I shared 110%, that I gave 110%. And that's kind of what I hope that people, I mean, I, I see a lot of it online. Oh, Mary, she shares everything. I just want people to know that I do give 110 plus percent when it comes to my services, when it comes to my trainings, when it comes to my colleagues and my camaraderie. I don't look at people as a competition. There's people out there that don't like me for crazy reasons. And I, I've learned to get rid of the negative, I've learned to delete, I've learned to block, and I don't engage in any of it. And I always, for the newbies and the millennials that are getting started, don't engage in any drama. You know, keep all of your personal stuff to yourself. Don't put it out there. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the thing is you set high standards for yourself mostly, and then also for your students, right? But you yeah. also lead with an open heart, which is really nice. So we're going to talk about in just a moment how they can connect with you and what you have going on, but just any other advice or anything else that you would like to, you know, share for anybody that is kind of feeling stuck. If you're feeling stuck, and I'm sure you can vouch and I can vouch, and a lot of us that are leaders in the industry can vouch, we've all been in those ruts. We've had the unhappy clients. We've had the sleepless nights. I would just say, just battle through it. Learn from your mistake. Reach out to people for advice and help. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. I know a lot of technicians are afraid to reach out. I was afraid to reach out back in the day. Back in the day, you know, my mentor was Linda Dixon, you know, my mentor was Joyce Sarasola back in the day. I mean, I'm aging myself ridiculously right now, but you know, oh, I remember I, them. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, those are the ones I reach out to. Taryn Darling is one of my, I look at her as a mentor. Karen Betts were mm-hmm. ones that I looked up to before I, you know, really kind of, you know, got into the training scene and people really found out about me, you know? So don't be afraid to swallow your pride and, reach out for a little help. Lord knows I did. I learned a lot from them and they may have learned a little bit from me as well. But I would say just don't give up, learn from it, chalk it up to your learning experiences and make it better for the next time. I would just say, just, you know, just keep your head up and stay humble. Yeah. Stay open to learning. It reminds me of that. There's a saying and it's like, ask a question and feel silly for a moment. Don't ask a question and feel like a fool for years right? So definitely ask the questions, right? Figure out what you need to know and get the help. Okay. So now tell us where they can find you, what's coming up for you in terms of training, anything exciting that we need to hear about? Okay. So I have, most people already know that I launched my Nano Lines Machine Hair Stroke course on the Girls Inc. Online Academy. It is a course that's extremely thorough. It's got an exam, tons of tutorials, uh, three videos, printable PDFs. It's got everything in there. It's under $500. We made it very affordable. Also, 
I have a lot of them that have taken my course that are reaching out to me. If you want to do a one-on-one with me, a private class, is only this only applies to private people. I deduct the fee of that course off of my private class fee. So you're not paying for two different classes. So if someone feels like, oh yeah, I love watching it, but now I want, I want to feel it on skin, they can actually take a one-on-one with me and I deduct that course fee off of my, my class fee. That um, is fantastic. The bottom line is we're here to help. We're not going to rate people on course. You know, we put a lot of money and effort into these courses, but we're not going to rate people on prices. We want everybody to be able to afford these classes. And like, seriously, I think half the ones that have taken my online course are coming in for a one-on-one. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not even kidding you. So that's launched. That's on the girlsinktraining.com academy. Put that in the show notes I have another class. So we're Okay. That'd be great. Thank you. I'm filming my skin needling video online course at Girls Inc. Academy in April. So that'll be launching a little bit later this year. It'll be an online course um, covering full face, neck and chest wrinkles, all that stuff that skin needling pertains to some scars and stuff as well. So that's coming out May, 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 May. I'm in New York, Staten Island with the president of the SPC, Angela, and yes, her Angela. lovely wife, Elsa, are hosting and they also are hosting me in New York for a machine, a blade and machine class. And I'm also offering a two day hands-on class. So I think that's almost sold out. That's May, June, July. I'm back in Bradenton with Nam. We're doing another encore class. This one sold out. We had people on a waiting list. So we're doing another class in July. I can't keep track of everything. August. I don't think I'm going anywhere in August. September. SPCP in the fall. Yes, SPCP. I was just going to say, I'm I'm speaking at the SPCP and at the Flamingo in uh, September. So I look forward to seeing you. Are you going to be there? Yeah, I'm speaking as well. So that's it for this year so far. Yeah. And it's so funny because before COVID, I was telling everybody, you know, like at permanent make at SPCP conventions and so forth. I was actually telling Jill Hoyer in... 2018 or 19, where whenever we had that Vegas conference and she did her ink, the inside the needle knowledge course. And I said, you have to get this online. And nobody was listening to me. And I kept on saying, I know yeah. she's like, but I really have to show them in person. And I was like, yes, but that will complement what you do online. Everything's moving to online yeah. and everybody just kind of blew me off. And then COVID came and everybody was like, okay, we got to get this stuff online. So, yeah, but, but, but I love that you have both. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people need to offer discounts. If they're paying for both, they need to give a discount for the hands-on portion. Because I think that it's kind of defeating the per- Like my online course is going to prep them for their hands-on. So it saves yes. me a day, really. Right. So yes. I'd rather take it off of my fees so that they don't have to have, I don't want to kind of more, po- you know, come out of pocket more than they need to. So no, like I said, and they're like, they're shocked to buy it actually. They're like, really? I said, yeah, really? It's on my course. It says it at the bottom of the course that, you know, if you decide that you need a little hands-on experience that deduct this course fee off whatever one-on-one training you want to do, whether it's one day or two day. Yes. So good. And and we'll have all of that information guys in the show notes, if you're listening to the podcast and then also you can find Mary on all the socials. So do you have a a main platform that, you know, if people want to ask you questions, is there a place that you go more often or Instagram? I get a lot of DMS on Instagram. Okay. You can DM her on the gram. Yeah. So, so good. All right. Anything that you would like to say to kind of call this complete? No, I I think we covered everything. I think you had wonderful questions and and everything. And, you know, let me just give a little shout out to some of these little technicians out there. Some of you are really killing it. You're doing amazing work. Some of my students are just frigging blowing it out of the water. I'm so proud of you guys and just keep practicing and you're going to get to where you want to be and just be patient and humble. Honestly, April, you see some of the work out there. It's amazing. 
Like these young girls are just amazing. It's really encouraging for my daughter to be in that era, that millennial, because it's really nice to see. Yeah. They have all these new techniques and they have different machines and so much great stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's super exciting for the way our industry is just going and growing and all of that goodness. So yeah. yeah, I think, you know, guys, if you found inspiration in this podcast, and I know you did, there are so many gems in there, then take a screenshot of the podcast that you're listening to or wherever you're listening to on iTunes or wherever Stitcher and just tag Mary and I on Instagram and we will reshare it and let her know that you appreciated this, um, her taking the time just to share her wisdom, her experience, and to really, again, give you an open book look at how it is, the parts that, you know, what she went through, how she thinks about business, how she thinks about her money, how she really even thinks about her procedure so much. If you really go back and listen to it, you can find so many, what I call gems in there. So I just want to thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, April. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, finally, you're my first podcast. Yay. I'm your first. You're my first. (laughs) So it needed to happen. I'm so glad. Okay. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about. And also definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, hugs and high fives. See you next week.